So, ladies and gentlemen, a very formal welcome, or informal, no, formal welcome, to session number two, our second session of the mystery of Hebrew numerology, known as gematria. Gematria, we explained last week, is the formula of associating Hebrew letters and words with numbers, and by virtue of that, understanding complex or deep connections between ideas, being able to interpret the Bible, the Torah, in new ways based on the numerology. So again, very, at, at its core, it's fairly straightforward. You're taking a letter, connecting it with a number, and then doing the math, adding it up. As we'll see tonight, as I mentioned a moment ago, there are different formulas. We learned Misbarachrachi, which is absolute normative value that we learned last week. That we're going to have different values this week, and it's going to be a party. But I just want to highlight one more thing, one more critical idea that we explained or that I presented last week based on Kabbalah, which numerology is uh, one of the, it's part of the genre of Kabbalah. So one of the important things um, to keep in mind is the Kabbalistic teaching that Hebrew is the code of creation. Because this is really the core, this is the foundation of the concept of numerology. You see, the letters are the code of creation. So therefore, if two words or two phrases share the same letters, they share the same code, they share the same DNA, it makes sense that these two concepts, even if they don't look the same, but on the, uh, deep down they're connected because they share the same letters. Even if they don't share the same letters, but they share the same numerical value. In other words, the letters, when you count them up based on the numerology, if the letters have the same equivalency, then again, it shows an equivalency in the energy of that thing, and therefore, we understand that there is a conceptual or otherwise a connection between these two ideas. That's all a recap of last week. Does what I just say make sense? Does that make sense, what I just said about the code? Okay, good, perfect. I have a new chart for you because I was able to find a cleaner chart, and I cleaned it up. We did some Photoshop on it, and I want to share with you. Listen, sharing is caring. So... So here is, my kids say that. So what I want to do is, especially when they want something, what I'm going to do is share with you a brand new chart. Um, it's the same concept as last week's, but again, it is cleaner. So please stay with me for a moment as I share this chart. Gamachia chart new. That's the one that I just shared. You can open it up at any time. Now, it, you may have noticed that last week I sent the handout and this week I didn't send the handout. Don't worry, I still love you all. The reason why I didn't share a handout is because I want to do this with a PowerPoint because that way I feel like I know what you're looking at. I mean, I don't know what you're looking at. Truth is, you could be looking anywhere, but at least if I put it on the screen and I'm going through it, we're going through the same slide, the same words at the same time. Okay, so that's my thought process. Let's see how it works. Um, I did a slide last week, but also a power, but, but also a handout. I figured we're just going to keep things a little bit streamlined. Okay. So I'm going to start sharing my screen with you, and let's pull up, hold on, give me a moment. Okay, give me a moment while I open this up for myself. Okay, this should work, I believe.
All right, please confirm that you can see that. Yes, thumbs up. Yeah, okay, thank you. All right, Mystery of Hebrew Numerology. That's the course that we're doing. Gematria, Secret Code of Creation. This is part number two. Okay, so last week we explained that Hebrew letters have various dimensions to it, various dimensions to it, including language, the meaning of the letters and words, the art, the design, the shape of the letters. Um, we have also the music, the cantillation notes associated with it, but our focus is layer number four, which is the mathematics, the, the numerology of it. So this is, these are some of the secrets regarding Hebrew numerology. And, um, and uh, sorry, this is some of the secrets regarding Hebrew letters. And the focus here is on the mathematics, on the numerology. Now, if we continue in our slide, as I said last week, Hebrew is the code of creation. Okay, Gematria methods, what we said, what we explained last week is the Misbarah In fact, what I shared with you uh, moments ago in the chat box, when I share with you the, uh, the chart that associates the letters Aleph through Tuf, uh, between the numbers 1 and 400, that is level number 1 or form number 1 of gematria known as mispar hechrachi or absolute value. So you, you don't have to learn the term, but these are the terms. If you want to know the terms, if you want to, you know, get the lingo, mispar hechrachi, absolute value. Hechrach, by the way, in Hebrew means something that's absolute or, yeah, something that's absolute and, and, and normative. So... This is absolute normative value, where the first 10 letters equal 1 through 10. The 11th letter jumps to 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 200, 300, 400, and that's it. That's the first method. Tonight, we're going to learn another five dimensions of numerology. Misbar Siduri, which is ordinal value. Number three, Misbar Katan, reduced value. Number four, Misbar Katan, Mispari, integral, reduced value. And number, number five, Miloy method, which is the filled value of the letters. And number six, the shape method, the shape value of the letters. Now, at this point in time, unless you're a Gamashura expert, you should, you should, at this point, not have any idea what these are, which is fine because tonight, by the end of tonight, now, now you shouldn't. By the end of tonight's session, you should. So if you don't know what any of these words mean, if they don't even make sense in the English, don't worry. That's normal <laughs> because we haven't learned it yet. Just know this. Last week, we covered number one. So the chart that I sent you where Aleph is one and Tuf is 400 and the other numbers are in between, that's, that's level one of gematria, of, of numerology. But there are more. So... Letting some more people in. Okay, let's jump. Oh, you know what? Here's the chart. Perfect. I put the chart here just for the perfect segue. This is the normative. This is level one. Aleph is one. Bet is two. Fet is two. Gimel is three. Dollar is four. He is five. Of is six. Sign is seven. Ches is eight. Tess is nine. Yod is ten. Then 20, 30, 40, 50, etc. Until you get to 400. This chart, and this is the most popular form of numerology. Most times that you encounter numerology, gematria, you are encountering a system that is based on this methodology, this method of, 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 um, of interpreting letters into numbers. It's usually going to follow this chart. However, um, that's Mr. Krachi, Mr. Siduri. This is level number two. So if you're, if you're ready for the new stuff tonight, here it begins. Okay, what is Mr. Siduri? So Mr. Siduri is like the word... Sidur, 
seder. I'm giving you Hebrew, um, Hebrew words to, uh, to, to make sense of this phrase, siduri. Um, a siddur is a prayer book. A seder is a Passover meal. So what's the connection? So in Hebrew, the word seder means an order. That's why on Passover, there's a very specific process, an order. First, we do this step, and then that step, then we wash our hands, and then we ask the four questions, and then, you know, and then people fall asleep, and then we, whatever. That whole, everything has a Seder, that was a joke. Everything has a Seder, everything has an order. That's why we call it the Seder. A Siddur, a prayer book, is also named for the same reason, because the prayers follow a specific order. So, when it comes to numerology, the second form of numerology is called Misbar Siduri, which is ordinal value. What does the word ordinal mean? It means the value in the exact order of the letters. In other words, the letters do not jump from 10 to 20. They go al hasader. They go in absolute, in, not absolute, they go in, 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 in precise order, 1 through 22. The first letter Aleph is one. The letter Tuf is not 400 in this scheme, in this um, system. The letter Tuf, the 22nd letter of the Hebrew alphabet, equals, you guessed it, 22. So again, I try to put it on the slide. Misbar Siduri, translated as ordinal value. It means the value in the order of the letters. The letters range in value from 1 to 22. That's it. So let me go back to the chart here for a second. So... I, this chart is a little complicated because you have the bet and the vet, whatever. It's going to throw us off if you go like one, two, three. But basically, Aleph is one, bet is two, Gimel is three, Dalit is four, He is five, Vav is six, Zion is Ches, sorry, Zion is seven, Ches is eight, Tess is nine, Yud is ten, and here's where it changes. Kaf is not 20, it's 11. And Chaf is 11. Final Chaf is 11. It's all the same family. Lamed is 12. Mem is 13. Final Mem is also 13. Nun is 14. Final Nun is 14. Samach is 15. Ayin is 16. Pei is 17. And the Pei family. Tzadik is 18. Kuf is 19. Resh is 20. Shin is 21. And Sin. And Tuf and Saf are 22. That's it. Super easy. Now, you might wonder, well, that makes a lot of sense, 1 through 22. That seems like, you know, if you were doing some sort of decoder ring or some sort of puzzle, you would just put a number and, and follow it one after the other and just, you know, start at 1 and end however number, however many letters you have. And that's true. That's why it's called misperceduri. It's like an ordinal value of the letters, but that's not the, that's not the usual uh, system. The usual system is the one that's on your... That's on your, um, on your screen right now, which is, as you know, <coughs> which is the one that jumps single digits, double digits, triple digits. You get all your, your uh, digit families in at least up to 400. So I'm gonna, uh, let's fast forward back again to Misper Siduri. So again, we have two systems, one through 400 and one through 22. Next, number three, third system. It's called Misbar Katan. Now, this is fascinating. How does Misbar Katan work? So, I'm going to just read the slide and then I'll explain it. Misbar Katan. Oh, so you know what? Before, Misbar means number. Katan. What does Katan mean in Hebrew? Unmute yourself and tell me what Katan means. Small. Small. Small, exactly. Katan is small. Young, small. Yeah, it's, it's, it's small. So, Misbar Katan is reduced value. What does it mean, reduce value? Here we go. 
absolute letter values are reduced to single digits. I'm going to read that again. The absolute, now you're wondering, what's absolute letter values? Like, what does that even mean? That's level one of, of, of numerology. That's misbarach rachi. So the absolute letter values per the system number one, those are reduced to single digits. So let me explain. Let's go back to the chart. Okay. In other words, you take off, you take off the zeros, essentially. You take off all the zeros and you reduce it down to just the number that's a non-zero. So Aleph is one, but get this. Yud, I'm, I'm trying to hover my mouse over you so you can see it. Right? The Yud, which normally is 10, but in Misbar Katan, you reduce it, which means you take away the zero, so Yud becomes also, help me out here. Oh, man, the, this mute is, uh, is killing me. One. one, thank you, exactly. And what about Kuf? What about Kuf, which is 100? What does that become in Misbar Katan in, reduced, re, in the reduced value? One. One, good. One. And what about Bet? Bet is two. Well, what about Chaf? Chaf is 20. So what would Chaf be? Also two. And what about Reish, which is 200? Two. You get the picture. You're basically taking away any zeros that follow the initial digit. So essentially, what you have is one through nine, one through nine, one through four. Are you with me? The 22 letters go one through nine. Again, 10 through 90, but that's one through nine again. And then you have 100 through 400, which is one through four. That's called misbarkatan. Um, okay, now, let's go back to my slides. Okay, so that's what Ms. Barkatan is, reduced value. This is system number three. Now, take a look at this. And I just told you this to you, I, I, we did this on the sheet, but let's do it on the slide. Aleph is one, Yod is ten. Okay, this column right here, this first column from right to left. Aleph is one, Yod is ten, Kuf is one hundred, but in Ms. Barkatan, they all equal one. And bet is 2, chaf is 20, and resh is 200 in the second column. But in Misbar Katan, they all equal 2. Now, we're going to see how to use this in real time. Oh, I should have said that at the beginning. We're going to learn four or five different methods tonight, and then we're going to practice them and discover some amazing ideas, like mind-blowing ideas, and blend them together. So all of this we're going to put into practice. But the first step is to understand the formula. You can't start using it until you know the formula. So we have three formulas so far. One formula goes one to 400. Second formula, one through 22, just each, each letter or number. The next one, misbarkatan, is like the first system, one through 400, except you just take off all the, um, the zeros. So everything is reduced down to a single digit. Misbarkatan, which means a small number, every letter and its numerology is reduced to a single digit. It's either one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or nine. Those are the only options. So one through nine. That's it. Make sense? Yes? Oh, my quick question. Yes, Barry. Um, if you're using um, Hebrew with vowels, is the vowel additive to the numerical value of the, uh, of the letter? Okay, so you know when you're, when you're gaming, when you're like doing like um, video games, right? And um, you're like, you're starting out and you're, you're just, you're getting into a game and like they have different levels and then there's like the advanced or like the champion level or like this is like worth the big bucks. Like on an advanced, super advanced level, you might mix in the vowels, 
but normally in a normative fashion, the vowels are not, uh, are not, are not usually added in. But again, you could, and you could go like, you know, you can go wild with that, but we're gonna keep it, it's still gonna get wild. You'll see how, how wild it gets. But the short answer is yes, but we're not gonna do that. In, the, in, this, in this course, we're gonna keep the vowels out of it. Although we're pronouncing the vowels, but we're gonna focus on the consonants, on the, on the, uh, the main letters. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay, so Mispagatan again is the same calculation as the first method, except you take off all the zeros and you reduce each letter to a single digit. Now, next, misparkatan, mispari. Last one was misparkatan. This is misparkatan, mispari. What does that mean? All right, it's a, it's a plot twist right there. So that's the translation of this is integral reduced value. I'm gonna read the explanation. It's the absolute value of the entire word being reduced to a single digit. So again, you take the value of an entire word based on system number one, and then you add all the numbers together, and then add them together again until you get to a single digit. Are you with me on that? Yes? No? I'm gonna give you an uh, example, please. Example from my name. Let's do my name, Ari. Aleph, Reish, Yud. Let's go back to the chart. Let's do it together. Okay, my name. Um, is Aleph, right there, first letter, Reish, boom, and the Yud. Ari, three letters. So Aleph is one, Reish is 200, and Yud is 10. So what does that equal? 200 plus 10 plus one is 211. Good, so based on, based on the first method of numerology that we learned last week, Ari equals two, 211. I could live with that, by the way. Sounds like a good number, it, it works for me. Okay, misparkatan mispari, what we just learned, level four, would say 211, too many digits. Add them all together. Are you with me? Two plus one plus one. And my name, Ari, it now becomes four. Are you with me what just happened? Yeah, that just happened. Ari becomes four in this system. Okay, so it's... It's radically different, right? It's a different system. What you're doing is you're starting off with the first system, right? But instead of ending with a double digit or triple digit or more number, you then proceed to add the numbers together. Well, what if you get 91? Then what do you do? What, what if you get 91? So you add nine plus one, then you get 10. Oh, great, still double digits. One plus zero, one. You reduce it down to one. You keep on reducing it until you get to a single digit. Are you with me in the method? Yes? Mispar, katan, mispari means you take, based on method one, this, char this chart, you get the numerology. It's just simple. I mean, you just match up the letters and you add them all together. But then you add each digit together and add each digit again to each other until you get down to a single reduced digit. So, for example, if your number was... 770, you know, randomly, maybe 770, if that was the, the numerology, you would then say, no, 770, you know, you gotta reduce that. Seven plus seven plus zero, 14. Better, but still double digits. One plus four, five, boom. Make sense? Yeah, just, I mean, it's fairly, it's fairly straightforward. So again, let's go through them. And I, if, if you find me to be repetitive, because I'm repeating it, it's by design because 
when we start putting into practice and you have to keep in your head that we're blending systems one, three, and five together, you're gonna be very grateful that we went over it a few, different, a few times. So I know I'm going over it multiple times. It's all by design because it's really important that we get it klar, which in Yiddish, which is Yiddish for clear. Okay, again, Ms. Bur yes, go ahead, Debbie. Sorry, um, so thank you. So, and I apologize, my internet keeps, I guess, going off, so I keep getting uh, disconnected. I apologize. No worries. So we understand how to add up your name to get four yeah. with Katan Mispari. If we were gonna add up your name with just Katan, would then you just be? Yes, great question. Let's do it. Let's do it together. Let's you'd do it together. You'd also be four. Yes. Yes. That's the now plot what twist. About, what about Sidur? Siduri. I haven't done it yet. So one for Ari. I mean, one for Aleph. Yeah, it would be the race would be 20. Eight. 20. So, 20. And Yud would be 10. So 20 plus 10 is 30 plus 1 would be 31. 3 plus 1 is 4. So, ah. yes, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of stuff when you, when you do the numbers. Now, I don't know. I haven't, I did the other two, but not the, the Siduri to see if it always works out that it gets reduced to the same single digit. It might. That's a good question. I didn't think to do it. Um, and I don't remember reading it. I, I'm not saying it's not. It seems like it might be actually based on, on what we just did together. Um, hold the thought. Maybe we can find some examples as we go along and see if it works in that system as well. But essentially, the misbar katan, right, is just taking any of these letters, reducing it down to a single digit. Misbar katan mispari means you take the total number based on the, the, the normative way to do it, and then you add them together and add them again until you get down to a single digit. And those two are usually the same. So, for example, if we did Ari in Mispar Katan, so Aleph is 1, Yod is also 1 because it's 10, you just drop the 0, so it's 1, 1, and Raish is 200, again 2, so 1, one, pl one plus 1 plus 2 is 4, right? 2, 11 is 2 plus 1 plus 1 is 4. So it, it, it equals, and you'll see soon, I'm going to give you an example where um, the numbers are not the same but they still total the same. And you'll see what I mean in a second. So again, let's go through, let's go through the four levels so far that we've learned. One through 400, one through 22, taking off, this leans on the first system, first method, but you eliminate the zeros. This leans on the, f and number four is this leans on the first uh, system. You add them together, and then you keep on adding until you get down to a single digit. Okay, good. Um, here's an example. Let's do it together. I put here the word chesed. What a wonderful word, right? Chesed means love. Well, it means kindness. Loving kindness. Giving. Generosity. Chesed, right? Chesed, it's a beautiful, beautiful um, ideal. Trait that a person should inculcate within themselves. Chesed. So we take the letters together in the first system and we add them up. Right? So let's go back to the chart. I, I, I want to make sure we're all doing this together. Ches is 8. Right right here, Ches is 8. Samach is 60. That is 68. And Dalit is 4. 68 plus 4 is 72, which is why on my slide I did Chesed equals 72. Because you add up the numbers based on the first method, you get 72. Okay, 
Misbar Katam Misbari says 72, way too many digits. Add them together, get down to one. Seven plus two equals nine. Perfect. But what about Misbar Katan? Not Misbar Katan Misbari. What about Misbar Katan? What if we, from the beginning we took off the zeros? Aha. What would happen then? Ches was eight. Samach is 60, but dropped the zero. So that's eight plus six is 14. Plus Dalit is four. 14 plus four is 18. One plus eight is nine. Are you with me? Are you with me how that worked? Okay, we'll do it again. If you did Misbar Katan, which means that you started off by, you started off with removing the zeros. So you have chesed, eight plus six plus four, right? Because instead of 60, we just made it down, to, dropped it to six. Eight plus six plus four, eight plus six is 14 plus four is 18. If we add them together, 18, one plus eight equals nine. So what I'm saying is that chesed, either way you slice it, right? Whether you did the, nor the, the normative numerology per method one and got 72, seven plus two is nine, whether you did it the other way, the Misbar Katan way, which I just shared with you, Ches is eight, Samach is six, Dalit is four. Eight plus six plus four equals, ooh, no. Eight plus six plus four equals 18, which is one plus eight equals nine. I cut out a step. My apologies with the math over there. I should have done eight plus six plus four equals 18, and then one plus eight equals nine. But either way, you reduce it down to the same number. So what's interesting is you're pretty much these systems they kind of end in the same place, but the process is different and the numbers are therefore different along the way. For example, in this other system, you ended up with 72 and then seven plus two is, is nine. In this system, you get 18, one plus eight is nine. So you end up with the same nine, but in one system, you're dealing with the number 72. In the other system, you're dealing with an eight and a six and a four, which equals the 18. Are you with me on the, dis the distinction? Again, the normative fashion, method one gets you 72. The Misbarkatan method gets you 18 because you eliminate all the zeros. Um, but you end with the same Misbarkatan Misbari, you end with the same single digit. Okay, I hope that made Rabbi, sense. Yes. Rabbi, could you uh, just run through that using Misbar Siduri? Yeah, sure. Chesed, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, this is our plot twist. This is, again, I, I didn't, I didn't, Prepare this part, but let's see if it works. It worked once before, let's see if it works again. Okay, remember, in this system, system number two, every letter is a number and it just goes one through 22. So let's do it together. Ches is still the eighth letter. Samach would be, let's figure this out. 10, um, Yud is 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So that would be the 15th letter. So let's, let's do this together. So eight plus 15, eight plus 15 is 23. Yes? Right. Plus dollar four. 23 plus four is? 27. 27. Two plus seven is nine. nine. Boom. It works. It works. <laughs> Folks, we've cracked the matrix. We've cracked, no. We've cracked the matrix and it's, uh, and it's working. So that's good. You, we can all, we can all, um, uh, you know what I think, what I think the message of this is? You know, the numbers, all three methods give you, before you reduce it down to the single digit, the processes give you a different number that you're dealing with. Either you're dealing with, um, I gotta remember what it was, either you're dealing with 72 or 18 or 27. 
right? So what, but you're dealing with a different number. At the end of the day, it comes down to, which is a Kabbalistic idea, because if you reduce it, reduce it, reduce it at its core, it has the same energy. No matter which path you took, you're going to end up with the same energy, the same core energy. Right, if we understand letters and numbers, if we understand this whole thing as being like a code, as being an essential dynamic, it makes sense that no matter which path you take, when you get to the end of it, you're going to end with the same core because the core doesn't change. Although the, the path changes, the core doesn't change. So it makes sense, actually, that they're all going to reduce back down to the same number, in this case, the same number 9. Whether the path took you through a 72 or through an 18 or through a 27, at the end of the day, if you keep on reducing it, you're going to get back down to the 9. Okay, uh, that, this is um, the next level. The next level. Next level. Okay, Miloy. Miloy method. Okay, next level is the Miloy method. Now, what does Miloy mean? That means the filled. F-I-L-L-E-D. Filled. What's filled? I'm glad you asked. Okay. Every letter, I think I said this at the end of last week's class, every letter has a name. So on the right side of the equal sign, I put the letter, the way it's written, Aleph, Bet, and Gimel, going down, Aleph, Bet, Gimel. Across the equal sign, I put the way it sounds, Aleph, that's how you would spell it, Bet, Gimel, that's how you would write it out if you were writing out the letter. Now, it's no different, I'm very tempted to share a whiteboard and, and, and write this out for you, but just, I don't want to mess up the PowerPoint right now. It's no different than theoretically. Obviously, it doesn't have the significance, but imagine if we did this in English. Imagine. And we said, okay, the letter B. Spell the letter B. B. No, 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 no. Spell it the way it sounds. B, E, E, which means, and understand the concept in, in Kabbalah, understand the concept. What that means is that when you have a symbol, a single character symbol, which is a letter, the other letters that form the way you speak it, sorry, the other letters that form the name of the letter are hidden inside the first character of that letter. Does that make sense what I just said? Sort of? Again, let's do it in English first and then we can, we can transpose it back because, it, it, again, English doesn't mean anything, but just to wrap our heads around it. The letter B, yeah, the letter B is B-E-E, -E, but all you write is the first letter. What, what's with the EE? Where'd that go? I don't see it on the page. Where's B? I just see B. They're <laughs> not even. I just see, why is it B? Oh, we call that hidden. It's a hidden letter. Or those letters are multiple letters. They're hidden, right? A, how would you spell A? A-Y-E, maybe? A-Y? A? Whatever. There's a second letter or a third letter, second and third letter, that are understood or swallowed up, if you will, within that first letter. Anyway, that's enough with English. Let's get back to Hebrew. Let's get back to the code. So in Aleph, so in Hebrew, same thing. Aleph is a single letter, but Aleph, say it, and it has other letters to it. Aleph is that, three letters. Bet, Bez Yudzaf, and Gimel is Gimel Yud Mem Lamed. It's got other sounds to it, and those other sounds 
Look, the letter is a single letter, but the letter, when you say it, the name has a different sound. Those sounds are considered to be hidden within the rest of the letter. So it's almost like when you see a letter, all you're seeing is the top. It's like um, if you are going, uh, if you're on the ocean and you see a, you see a, an iceberg, right? An iceberg, or you see an ice formation sticking out of the water, all you're seeing above the surface is what's above the surface, but you know that there's something hidden beneath the surface. Every letter is, whatever letter it is, that's only the part that's sticking up above the surface that you're looking at. But beneath it, you have all these other letters. So I, wanna, I, wanna, um, I want to invite you to picture, picture a Torah scroll, right? Picture a scroll, parchment, right? Flat parchment, you know, you unrolled a little bit. And you see all the letters handwritten on the Torah. But imagine if you could see beneath it. Every letter, imagine if it was vertically stacked. I hope my visual in my head is able to come through on some level. Imagine if you could see, right, the letters, like Bereshit in the beginning. That's the first word of the Torah. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Bereshit. Imagine if you could peer underneath it and you could see the bet is not just bet, but bet yud. Tough, Ben and, and, and the, bottom, the other two letters are beneath the parchment. So it, it would be like you would see the surface story with the, the, the terrestrial letters, but then you would have the, um, the sunken letters. You would have the letters beneath the surface. If you could peer under the bima, so to speak, under the, the, the platform of the Torah's red, you could see a whole, the whole other high um, architecture of the letters not even the words, the letters themselves hanging down beneath the surface. And what happened if you combine those letters? <laughs> but we're dealing with numerology. So forget about other word combinations, which is a thing. Let's talk about the numerology of the letters that are understood, but not written out. When I say understood, it means assumed within the letter of the other letters, but they're not written out every time you write it out. That would be a very long way to write if you wrote out all the letters every time. So in the Miele method, there's a new numerology. You see, one second, let me go back. Aleph, Bet, and Gimel, pretty much no matter which method we've discussed so far, equals one, two, and three. <laughs> There's no difference. Whether it's in the normative one, ordinal one, reduced value, it doesn't make a difference. Aleph is one, Bet is two, Gimel is three. Those first three letters, they're all safe. But the Mueller method shakes things up. And I knew you were looking to shake things up. Take a look at Aleph. Aleph is no longer a single character. Aleph is written now, baby. Aleph is Aleph Lamed Fei. That's how you write out the, the, the character called Aleph. And now it equals 111 based on the first method. Right? If we take Aleph, Aleph is 1. The Aleph of the Aleph is 1. The Lamed of the Aleph is 30. And the Pei is 80. So 80 plus 30, 110, plus 1 is 111. Remember, Aleph is 1. But broken out or blown out, it's 111, which is 111. Kind of cool. Bet. What is bet? Bet is a letter. It equals 2 normally. But when it's written out, it's bet, yud, tough. And now tough is 400 in the first method. Yud is 10. 410 plus 2 is 412. 412. Or... My local uh, area code growing up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay, Gimel. 
Just a little shout out there for, uh, for the Berg. Gimel, right? The way you spell it out is Gimel Yud Mem Lamed. It could be a single character and, and equal number three. Or if you write it out, well, the Gimel is three, the Yud is 10, the Mem is 40, the Lamed is 30. 30 plus 40 is 70, plus Yud is 80, plus 3 is 83. So what we see here is, these are the first, Aleph, Bet, Gimel, but write it out, and now it's 111, 412, and 83. Instead of 1, 2, 3, you have a different series of numbers. Does that, just, does that make sense, this method? Yes? What about the fact <coughs> Chabadniks pronounce words a little bit different? So the pronunciation doesn't change the way that it's written, right? So whether you say Bayes or Bet, it doesn't really make a difference. It's still Bayes or Bet Yud Samach, Asaf or Tuf. Either way, it's the same letters. So pronunciation is not going to affect the way it's written. Um, but anyway, what you're doing here is, in this system, you're taking the letter, spelling out the letter the way it sounds, the name of the letter the way it sounds, and then doing the numerology based on that sound. So what you're doing is you're counting the hidden letters. The letters that were hanging beneath the letter, right? The letters beneath the surface, you're now counting them up and you're coming to a new total. Debbie. I'm so sorry, I just did not follow this. Can we do one of these again, but a little slower so we can go over again with what they're, so how we can figure out how to add it up yeah, for sure, for sure. So take a look. I'm going back to the chart. So the letter Aleph, right, is the first letter right here, and, and it equals 1. In, in any system that we've encountered so far, it always equals 1. Take, there's no 0 to take away. It's the first letter. It's, it's, a, it's a slam dunk. It's 1. However, we now have a new system called Miloy. Now what Miloy does is it counts the letters that are assumed within the letter itself. In other words, Aleph is, is not just a single character. But Aleph is actually, I mean, look, even if you look in the English, right? If you look in the English, it's A-L-E-F. Well, where did those other letters come from? Where's the L-E-F coming from? It's, it should just be a letter A, right? Like, ah. It, but no, it's, it's, it's called the name of the letter, not the sound of the letter. The name of the letter, that letter has a name. And what's the name of the letter? Aleph. So if you would spell that out, the if you would spell out the name of this letter, it would be Aleph. Uh, Lamed, right here. Ah. Uh, and then f, the fe. So if you count up that numerology, you have 1 plus 30, 31, plus 80, 111. So what we've done is we've now moved from a letter that equals 1 to the same letter, but when you include, when you add the other letters, the, the swallowed up letters, uh, when you add them all together, you get 111. Why am I not getting 111? One, I see 1, I see 30, I see 80. So 1 plus, one. 1 plus 30 plus 80 is 111. Oh, duh. Right? Now let's look at the next no, one. Let's, no, no, no. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, 80 plus 30 is 110. I've been working too long today. <laughs> no, no worries. No, listen, we're, there's a lot of numbers and a lot. Uh, so now, take it. Let's do one more, though. Let's do one more. This chart is helpful. Let's do... Let's do the letter. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Is, is there a significance to adding up the 111 and 111 and that makes three? Is that another level of... Here's the, the short answer is, the short answer is everything is fair game. Everything is fair game. And you'll find examples of every single permutation used 
to explain the deepest secrets of the Torah? The answer is yes. I you could see, I could see that Aleph 111 being three and that that's significant somehow. Correct. And Correct. 421 being seven. Correct. Okay. Yes. If, that, if we were going to get to a deeper level, <laughs> we're going to mix some. If, if we're going to mix that, if we're going to mix that one, I'm not sure. But you'll see. I'm, when I say I'm not sure, I don't remember. We have a lot of examples coming up right around the corner, but um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, but the short answer is yes. There is a system where, in which that is used. Now, I, I want to do one more example. Let's just do the bet right here. The second letter. The letter bet itself equals two, but bet, if you write out the name of the letter, it would be bet yud tough, which is two plus 10 plus 400, which is 400 and 10 and two is 412. That's the 412. So what, what I'm saying here is, is that in the first four systems that we taught, right, um, normative, sorry, the absolute system, the ordinal system, the reduced and the reduced, yeah, both reduced ones, the, a bet is always two. But in this fifth system, bet now is 412 because you added in the all the letters that, that compri comprise the name of the letter the way it's pronounced or the way it's written, the name of the letter the way it's pronounced. So bet is not just a single character. It's three characters. You add them all together, you have a new number. Now, Mindy is saying, can you add those three numbers together, four, the four, the one, and two, and reduce it back down to a single digit? You could. What would that get you? Seven. Why would you do that? Okay. So we'll, we'll explore either that example or other examples, but we're going to get to it. Okay. Back inside. Let's go, let's go back. So again, this is method one. I should have put numbers on this. My apologies. Ms. Barakrachi is the one through 400. That's one. Number two is one through 22. Number three is reduce the single digit. Sorry, reduce the numbers. The, the letters to a single digit. Then the next fourth level is you reduce the entire word. You take the word, you take the numerology based on system one, you add all those numbers together, add them again until you get down to a single digit. And we saw how that, those things are equivalent. The Milu method is method number five. And that is where you are spelling out each letter the way it's per, the, based on the name of the letter, the way it's, uh, it's written. Okay. Oh. Rabbi, do you by any chance have, an, have like the same word that is, and like just one slide that has the same word and then each of the different methods? No, but that's a really good idea. <laughs> that's a very good idea. But by the way, if you have the chart, right? So that, this chart, which I, I dropped in the chat, and if, if someone did, doesn't have it, um, I don't know if you... I can share it again in the chat because I know sometimes if you join after it was shared, you don't see it, whatever it is. I can share it again. But this, if you have this chart and then you also do, what are we missing from this? Really just the 1 through 22 is what we're missing. But you can do your own 1 through 22. Put another number in the left top left corner, for example. Your Aleph is 1. Oh, Mindy, you have something over there? What do you got? Yeah, I just put in the top left corner the other number. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Look, look at that. I just, I just, yeah, great minds think alike. So, yeah, I was just thinking that. So, if you put in the top left corner, start from Aleph and go through Tough, the letters that look the same will be the same number. So, they don't, they don't jump up one. Um, and you could just look at the numerology. So, if it has the same number numerology, 
In this system, it'll have the same number in the ordinal system. Just go one through 22. Once you have those numbers, then you can really take any word and just do all the, all the various systems. But the short answer, Sandy, is I did not, I don't have a slide that, that, that has a single word and gives you boom, 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 all the methods. That would have been, uh, that would have been helpful. Now there's one more method. No worries. Okay, thank you. There's one more method that we're going to explore. No. Oh, okay. It's here. This is it. But I, it's a typo. I copied and pasted the header from the previous slide. This is, this is now, oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I did it. I, I skipped, I skipped the slide. There's another, oh, there's one more. I think this is number six. Is it six? One, two, three, four, five, six. Method number six. I don't have a slide for this. Method number six is you take the letters, okay, and you count, you, you look, this is called the shape method. The shape method is you look at the letter and you look at the shape of the letter and you, and you, and you arrive at a new numerology based on the shape. So for example, the letter Aleph, which is the first letter, is actually, if you look at it closely, and, and I can't, I don't know how to zoom in right now, so you can, like I'm doing, you can just zoom in manually. This is like old school zoom. So um, the Aleph is actually comprised, if you look closely, uh, with three letters. Oh, hey, Sean. It's comprised of three letters. And what are they? A Yud at the top right corner, a Yud at the top left, at bottom left corner, and a Vav in the middle. Let me, let me say that again. And first of all, let me highlight a Yud. A Yud is number 10 right here, right? Yud is right here. I'm circling with my mouse like a shark. So Yud is, the, is, is that little guy right there. So there's a Yud here in the Aleph, a Yud there in the Aleph, two Yuds, and in the middle is a Vav, is a straight line. Now Vav is right, right below the Aleph, straight line. So there's that straight line, sideways, and then two Yuds. So this system says Aleph is not one anymore. Aleph is two Yuds and a Vav. 10, 10, and 6, 26. And we'll see the significance of that in a second. But Aleph ceases to be 1 and now becomes 26. And the letters also, other letters have uh, a similar idea. Like the Gimel could be a Vav and a Yud. Same idea. Um, a He could be a Dalit and a Yud. Not every letter, but, but many of the letters have, can almost be seen as composites of, of multiple other shapes, other letters. And that would then uh, generate a new number a new numerology for that letter. We'll see soon the significance of that. Okay, so let's go back to where we're up to. We have six systems. At this point, I'm not gonna review them again because I'm gonna confuse myself. So let's plow forward. Okay, all right, you with me on this? So far, so good? Okay, now let's jump into some examples. Let me give you some examples of Misbar Katan Mispari in the biblical context, in the Torah context, in the Jewish context, and see what happens when we, when we work the numbers. When we work the numbers, let's see the magic that ensues. Remember, at any time in this presentation, in this class, if you have a question or need a clarification, please jump in. I want to make sure that everyone gets this. Now, the first word we're going to look at is Bereshit, Bereshit which is the first word of the Torah. This is the very first word that the Torah begins with. And it means, as you probably know, it means in the beginning. Three words in English, one word in Hebrew, bereshit, means in the beginning. 
And the rest of the verses, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth, but this is the first word. Bereshit, if you look at the first method, the first method of numerology, where the first, the one we learned last week, the numbers go 1 through 10, 10 through 20, sorry, 10 through 100, 100 through 400. If you do the normal, what we call the misbarachrachi, the um, absolute numerology number, this equals 913. It, it, it just does. And the way you get there, I'll break, I don't mind breaking it down. The bet is 2. The ratio is 200. By the way, I can do this without a chart because I've been doing this for years. So the way to do this without referencing a chart is practice. So you can, if you practice this and you, and you, you, you get, get accustomed to the letters and the numbers, it's like, math, it's like a multiplication table. You just, you just see the, when you see the letters, you'll see the numbers. Anyway, bet is 2, ratio is 200. Aleph is 1. So, so far we have 200 and 2 plus 1 is 203. 203, good. Shin is 300. 503. Plus 10 is 513. Plus the tough is 400. And that is 913. So we have 513 plus 400 is 913. So bottom line is, after all is said and done, survey says that Bereshis equals 913. But Misbarkatan Misbari, which was method number four, said 913 too many digits. We have to knock it down to a single... Oh, I'm sorry. Well, uh, okay. We said to knock it down to a single digit, but I'm going to stop before we get to the single digit. I know, maybe that's cheating, but it's okay, because this is brought in the good books. So 913, let's reduce it, the first reduction. We're not going to do it again. Like I said before, let's do one reduction. 9 plus 1 plus 3. 9 plus 1 is 10, plus 3 is 13. 13. What's significant about the number 13, other than bar mitzvah, is that 13 is the same gematria, the same numerology as the word ahava. Ahava means love. Aleph is 1. Hey is 5. Bet is 2. And hey is 5. 1 plus 5 is 6. Plus 2 is 8. Plus 5 is 13. Love? Excuse me. Yes. Emma? So even though in this example we've calculated each number different ways, but it's still equal. I'm blending. We're but blending. I mean, the calculations were arrived at differently. Correct. And this is what the Kabbalists say. You can use one method to arrive at a number with one word and a different method for a different word. And they're if still they're still, you can still draw a connection. That's exactly the point. So what I said before is that we're going to blend systems and methods. And this is exactly what I meant by blending systems and methods. It means that in the same comparison, we got to one number through one method. The other word, we got to its number through a different method, but we're still gonna, we're, we're still gonna draw the equivalency because even though different methods, you ended up with the same number. So, what this, so, Gambereshit is 913 and Ava is 13. They're not connected. Oh, not so fast. 913, 9 plus 1 plus 3 is 13, which is the same as Ava, love. And it's also the same as Echad, which means one, but although it means one, the letters are Aleph, Chet, and Dalet, one plus eight plus four, and that's actually 13. So the numerology of the word one is actually 13. I know, mind-bending. The word Echad in Hebrew means one, but the letters total 13, which is the same as love, which is the same when you reduce it as Bereshit, the first word of creation. 
First word of the Torah. And what does this tell us? The Kabbalists tell us, you know what this, you know what this means? This means that the act of creation, Bereshit, the act of God's creating the heaven and the earth, was, was first and foremost an act of Ava, an act of love. And what was the purpose? Echa, to become one with us. To become one with us. And this correlates, this makes the connection between, excuse me, between all three words. God created the world. Bereshit, in the beginning God created the world. Out of love for us, to become united with us, to have a relationship with us. So this answers the big question. Why are we here? All you needed to learn is a little gematria, a little numerology, and you would know the answer. Not you, I'm saying people. Everyone asks, why are we here? What's the purpose of existence? Why? was Why? Numerology tells you. What's the purpose of creation? It's 13. It's love and oneness. God is in love with you and me, and God wants to have a relationship, to be united with us. That's it. Now, understand the depth of that statement. If God, weren't to have, if God were not to have created, there wouldn't be an other to have a relationship with. You with me on that? If you're stranded on a desert island, not even a volleyball named Wilson, you're, that was a Tom Hanks reference, if you're stranded on a desert island with absolutely nothing, right? It's hard to have a relationship with something else when there's nothing else. So why does God create Bereshit? Why does God create the world, heaven and earth, and all this stuff? Because God wants to have a relationship with us. God lo- now, we didn't exist before that, but God created us to have a relationship with us, to love us. It all comes together. This is, again, a Kabbalistic teaching that works based on numerology and different systems working together, hand in hand. One system where we, we are reducing... The, the final numbers, and another system, and not even all the way, and another system in which we are leaving the, the, uh, the, the initial <coughs> calculation. Okay, questions on what we just covered? Yeah. Rabbi Solish? Yes, go ahead. Um, I, wonder if, I wonder if there's a further significance with the number 13 correlating to the Mem or correlating to the Yud Gimel for 13. Because Yud Gimel is 13 and also Mem is the 13th letter. So I wonder if there's some correlation between the meaning of the 13 and those letters. Right, so, so the short answer is there probably is. But the other part of that is that I, that I, I, don't, I don't have that teaching at, at my fingertips. In other words, it's not, I haven't seen it. This is, this is what's brought down in the books. Is there a connection there? I would say there has to be a connection, right? I mean, if it's, if it's the same total, then there has to be a connection. I'm not suggesting that all these examples that I'm going to bring now work, that, that I'm bringing examples in which all six methods are working hand in hand. I'm just going to do a few. Again, that's maybe next level. That's like advanced level or like, you know, super advanced level. But is there a connection? Most probably. What is that connection? I'm not sure until I look it up. And, uh, you know, that, that, might, that might be too, too advanced for this discussion right here. So, the, again, in this example, creation, love, and oneness. Beautiful theme. All right. Any questions so far on this first example? Barry. Uh, I, I, this is above my pay grade, and it's probably not relevant. But um, before, I, before I use an arbitrary number, do you know how many words there are in the Torah? <sighs> 
Um, I'm going to use an arbitrary number just for example. I mean, I don't know the answer, but let's let's say it was twenty-seven thousand. Okay, so let's say in this reduced system, you've got nine integers. That says well, on a random basis, there are going to be three thousand words in the Torah that have the same exact numerical value, either one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Right. Um, so in the, in, the, in the beginning, when the course started, not in the beginning, you suggested that all gematria had sort of been predefined. We can't be making our own stuff. Correct. But there's an awful lot of possible combinations and things which could be connected. Correct. 3,000 words have the same numerical value. Correct. That's why the reduced value is not necessarily the most popular form of gematria. It usually is a little bit what I, I would call a higher level of complexity. In other words, less frequency, less likely for, that, for those two numbers to line up. Now, I know in this case we're reducing it to 13, but this is a great example of what you referenced about what I said last week, which is we know this. Kabbalah teaches that God created the world to have a relationship with, with us, with another. Rabbi, and, here. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, you froze. Okay. okay, sorry about that. That whole answer was frozen. Oh, I'm sorry. My, my apologies. So the short answer is, well, not the short answer. I'll, I'll give you the full thing that I said. And, and maybe you heard this, but I, I'm just going to go again from, from after your question, because you're asking a, very, a great question. Most of the gematria that you encounter, most numerology that you encounter, is what I would call a little bit more complex. It's, it's, it's of the, the non-reduced digit, integer, whatever system where it's not reducing down to a single number, which again would be one, a one in nine shot of having a connection. It would be a, a little bit more complex and therefore a little bit more unique and therefore show a little bit more of a particular type of connection. So that's the first point. Um, but what you also said was spot on, quoting, mentioning, referencing to what I said last week, which is that the way numerology works is not that you're you know, coming up with new ideas, but kind of demonstrating the connection between existing ideas, ideas that we, that we know. So, for example, we know Kabbalah teaches that why did God create the world? Because he wanted a relationship with us, because he loves us, or he wanted to love something other than self. That's what God created. So that's what God created the world, because before that it was just God, and that was kind of lonely. Now, we're not ascribing human emotions to God, and, and they don't say lonely, but... God wanted, on some level, a relationship with an other, so God created another, because there wasn't any other. That's what we know in Kabbalah. It also happens that the Kabbalists say, and by the way, this truth is also demonstrated when you look at the numbers. So that's where, so I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with what you're saying, and saying that this is actually reflected in this method, or in this, in this specific teaching, where it's coming from the inside out, not from the outside in. It's not like they were throwing around numbers and got to a 13, and like, okay, let's, let's, run, let's run the calculations. What do we got that's a 13? Oh, that makes sense. Let's create a new idea that God loves us, or God wants to love us, or God wants a relationship. It starts the other way around. We know in Kabbalah that God loves us, and God wants a relationship with us. God wants to be one with us. All right, and now it's like, whoa, and it even also reflects in the numerology. This is great. So that's, that's kind of the way, the way that works over there. Okay, now let's go to another example. Okay, again, oh, and I wrote it out. Creation, what's the moral of the story? Creation is an act of love and connection. 13 is creation, 13 is love, and 13 is oneness, i.e. connection. Okay, next, let's do this together. This is God's name. One of God's names, 
I, I mentioned that we referenced it last week, but not in this way. Let's do it together. Now, the method that we're going to use is misbarkatan mispari, which is the one, like the last one, where you take the normative numerology and then you add the two digits together. But we're not going to do it again to get to a single digit. Okay, we're going to get to just the, the first edition and then stop there again. God's name, I'm not going to pronounce it the way it's written. I even didn't write it the way it's supposed to be written. I put dashes in between the letters. You see that? You know why? Because it's God's name. It's holy. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to use it for, even for demo purposes, uh, you know, whatever. So I, just to, as an act of reverence, you know, when we write God, you may have seen God written with a G dash D and you're wondering like, what's, the, what's with the dash? Why not just the O? Like, <laughs> you don't know where that is. It's right on the keyboard next to the P and next to the P and the I. It's like right there. Boom. So, of course, we know where the O is and, and we've been, we've used O before, but it's, Many people have the custom to put a dash at a, as a sign of reverence. We don't want to, re even in English, sign of reverence. Same thing would be with the Hebrew. I, 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 did, I dashed it as a sign of reverence. By the way, I once got somebody who emailed me. I, I, I taught a course that was filmed and then put up on Chabad.org on the main uh, Chabad international website. And then I, I put up a, a handout and I put God with a dash. And somebody said, What's, what's the deal? So I said, it's an act of reverence and respect. You know, we don't write it out to show that God's higher than what we can understand and fathom. The person said, oh, on the contrary, it's an act of disrespect if you don't write out God's name. Well, don't put a dash. I, you can look at it different ways, but that's the traditional ways. You, you don't write it out. Anyway, whatever. I, it was actually an interesting argument. I had never thought of it that way, but nonetheless. Okay, so bottom line is I'm not going to even say it the way it's written. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to supplant the hey, which is a, sound, like a, a breathy sound, with a k, like a k sound. Why? Because that's the way it's normally done. Elohim. I'm not pronouncing it correctly. I'm pronouncing it incorrectly on purpose. Elohim. Is, um, did I cut out again? No. Okay. Let me know when I cut out. Elohim is, in the first system, equals 86. How do we get there? Let's do it together. Aleph is 1, Lamed is 30, Vav is 6. Let's stop here. 1 plus 30 plus 6 is 37. Hey is 5. 37 plus 5 is 42. Plus 10? No. Where did I go wrong here? One second. Aleph 1 plus 30 is 31, plus 6 is 37, plus 5, 42, 52, 80. 92. Oh, it's 92. I'm, I'm doing something wrong over here. Hold on. 40. Oh, it's without the vav. Oh, why do I have the vav? I spelled it wrong. That's the answer. I spelled it wrong in this example. I had one job, folks. I had one job, and that's to give you a clean handout. You're being exceptionally reverent. That's why you spelled it wrong. Oh, you give out. Okay. Yeah, I'm putting another line. That's not a vav. That's a line. That's a break. Good. Fine. It's not, but it was a mistake. So let's, let's try it again. Um, ignore the extra letter. We'll do this. We'll try to do this again. Aleph is 1. Lamed is 30. 31. Plus hey is 5. It's 36. Plus 10 is 46, plus 40 is 86. Okay, it equals 86. <laughs> that's the end. That's, 
When you flip to the end of the book, that's who done it. It's 86. Elohim is 86. I spelled it wrong here. It's 86. Well, as we said last week, the word hateva, which means nature, or the force of nature, the force, is also 86. He is 5, Tes is 9, that's 14, plus Bet is 2 is 16, plus Ayin is 70, 16 plus 70 is 86. Okay, so Elohim, the, one of the names of God, is the same numerology as nature. Now, what was the meaning of this? I explained this last week. I'll just reset it. This tells us that God, there's a miraculous force of God. You know, when God does a miracle, when you see so, a cl clearly, you know, oh, that's God. Yeah. But then there's the normal stuff, the ordinary stuff of life, like the sun rising in the morning, every single morning sunrise, and the sun sets every single night, and you plant a seed and it grows. Right? Normally, right? Usually. Um, you take a breath, your lungs fill with oxygen. All this stuff that happens normally by nature. By the way, it says in Kabbalah that why, why do we call something nature? Just because we don't understand how it works, so we use that word. Oh yeah, that's its nature. Why? Yeah, that's the way it works. Why? Yeah, that's the way it works. So that's like where we, where we hit a wall is we say, yeah, that's nature. But in, in Judaism, in Kabbalah we say, and, and in Judaism in general we say that who is nature? What is nature? It's none other than God. It's the force. It's the, it's, the, it's the God as referred to in Torah by the name Elohim, which is why in the beginning of the Torah it says, Bereshit bara Elohim, in the beginning Elohim created, because creation is an act of creating nature. It's creating a world that's not supernatural, but that works with a system. Miracles can happen, but the world itself runs with a system, the divine force that enlivens or that, that makes such a system be is the name of God called Elohim. So Elohim is 86, Hatav is 86, but let's do the next level with the numerology. As we learned tonight, 86, who's satisfied with that? Let's add them together. 8 plus 6 is 14. And what is 14? 14 is the numerical value of the Hebrew letters Yad. Oh, Yud and Dalit, which form the word Yad. Um, Yud is 10, Dal is 4, that's 14. Unmute yourself if you can tell me the meaning of the Hebrew word Yad. This word down here, that's the 14. What does Yad mean? Hand. 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 It means hand, like this. What's the meaning? Let's put all the pieces together. We have God and nature and hand. And here's the, here's the teaching. Look deeper to see God's hand in creation. In other words, when you see nature, Kabbalah says, don't fall for it. Don't be, oh, yeah, it's just nature. I don't see God. No, 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 no. Look deeper, dig deeper, and realize and recognize that what is nature, if not the divine force that's guiding it? Like, and we'll give you, here's the example. It's like a hand and a glove, Right? It's like a hand that fits. It's a hand in a glove, right? You put a hand in a glove, and now your hand moves, and the glove moves. Who's moving? Who's moving? What's moving? You look at it on the outside, you say, oh, it's a moving glove. Wow, I never saw that. A self-moving glove, very cool. No, 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 no. There's a hand inside. I don't see the hand, I just see the glove. That's foolish. So here's what Kabbalah says. Let's not be fooled by nature. Yeah, oh, everything's just moving. But what's, 
How? How is it moving? That's just the way it works. Since when do things have their own motion? <laughs> what kind of crazy, what kind of mishigas is that? How is, it, how is it moving? How is everything orbiting? How does it work? Oh, there's a force. There's a force that makes things work. How does that force work? Where does it come from? So Kabbalah says, Judaism teaches us, you know where it comes from. It's all God. It's Elohim. It's God. It's God's hand that's moving around. But you and I see the glove from the outside. It's our job to look beneath the surface and to peer be beneath and see, ah, I know there's a hand there. But this is the connection between Elohim, Hateva, 86, April 6, 14, Yad. It's being able to look deeper and see God's hand, hand in creation. By the way, the word hand is used as a euphemism for God. At the time of the, of the exodus from Egypt, it says that the Jewish people saw the mighty hand of God. So it's not just a random word that we came up with or that Kabbalah came up with and said hand with quotation marks, you know, as a, you know, like a non-literal thing. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's, it's actually a biblical term to refer to the hand of God. That's the force of God that makes things happen. Typically, we don't see it because all we see is the glove. Oh, the glove's dancing. And we're convinced that gloves dance. That the world moves on its own, that things just happen, you know, on the surface. Okay, any questions, comments on this teaching? No? All right. Good. Let's get even more complicated. Now, you're probably looking at the slide and you're like, oh, no, are we going to go through all of these letters and numbers? Are you kidding me? Do you know what time it is? Yeah. We're going to do this. All right. You guys ready? You all ready? Misparkatan decoding creation. Here we go. Oh, okay, this is important. This is not misparkatan mispari, where you do the normal numerology and add, add the digits together. No, 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 no. This is misparkatan, which means you, from the get-go, take out the zeros. Remember misparkatan is you take out the zeros? Yes? So before we add them together, we're going to already drop the zeros, and then we're going to do the adding together. As opposed to doing the larger number, then adding digits together, we're going to first take off the zero and then add it together. Okay. Let's do God's other name, which is the name of the name that connotes the miracles. That's God's four-letter name, Yud. I'm, again, instead of hey, I'm going to say K. Just work with me. Yud, and dashes again everywhere, dashes uh, for miles. Yud, K, hey, Vav, K. Now, let's, go, let's do the numbers. Yud is 10, but drop the zero, Misprakatan, it's 1. Hey is five, it's still five. Vav is six, still six. Hey is five, is five. So one instead of ten. One plus five plus six plus five. One plus five is six, plus six is twelve, plus five is seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah? So God's, let, God's name here, Yurke Vavke, but take out the zeros and then add them together, equals seventeen. What is seventeen? The same numerology as the word tov. The same number. On my Little League jersey, when I play baseball in Little League, I chose number seventeen because seventeen is... Tov. Tov means good. Tov. Not, I'm not saying that that's what I was. I'm just saying that that's the number that I was. Tov is 9. Tess is 9 plus 6. Vav is 6 plus bet is 2. 9 plus 6 plus 2. 9 plus 6 is 15 plus 2 is 17. Tov is 17. So now what this means is that miracles or God's obvious force in, in, in life in this world is Tov. It's a good thing to see God's Revealed presence, 
no glove. Just the hand, right? No glove, but the, the rea full reality, it's a wonderful thing. That's amazing. It's mind-blowing. It's tov. Takes our breath away. You and I, probably everyone in our own lives, on our own level, has encountered something that was unexplicable. Something we couldn't explain, something bigger than us. On, on whatever level. I, I don't even want to limit it with any examples because we each have our own examples in life. Something larger than the norm. And in that moment, we might have thought to ourselves, this is, this is seeing God. On some level, in this moment, this is not the ordinary, this is the extraordinary. On whatever level that might be. And in that moment, we're encountering the force of God that doesn't fit into a glove. It doesn't fit into a box, it doesn't fit into any nature. It's beyond, it's beyond anything that is explicable, anything that can be explained. That's Tov, 17. Elokim, we just said before now, it doesn't have a vav. Okay, this is correct. Elokim, if you do the misbarakatan, which means you take off all the zeros and then add them together. Aleph is one, that's one. Lamed is 30, but that becomes three. Hey is five, is five. Yud is 10, which becomes one. And Mem is 40, which becomes four. So one plus three is four plus five. Sorry. One plus three is four plus five is nine plus one is 10 plus four is 14. 14 again is Yad. We had that in, in the previous slide. The Yad, same idea, the, the hand, um, with a different method, but nonetheless, we got to the same 14. So we have God's name that transcends nature is Tov. God's force within nature is Yad. It's like the hand in the glove. So that's 14 and 17 and 14. Add the two together, obviously. Hashem Elohim. Add the two names together. Which, by the way, is what we say at the end of Yom Kippur. Hashem hu Elohim. We say it seven times. Hashem is Elohim. We say both names of God and we say they're the same. They're really one. Add the two together. In other words, the transcendent force and the natural force are really the same God. You know, Judaism is very monotheistic, right? It's not two gods. Two names, but not two gods. Same God. So you add the two Appearances together, or the two names together of God. 14 plus 17 equals 31, which is the numerology is kale. Again, I'm not pronouncing correctly. Um, it's like ginger kale. Um, Aleph Lamed is 31. Aleph Lamed is 31. And let, let me put the pieces together. Let's, let's decode what, I just, what we just did with the numbers. So all the numbers work out, but let me tell you what it means in Kabbalah. Heaven is where things are supernatural. That's Tov, 17. Earth is where nature rules the day. At least it appears to rule the day. That's the Yad, that's the 14. If you take heaven and earth and bring them together, the 17 plus the 14, you get Kale. What is Kale? Kale is the name of the angels. Kale is one of the divine names, but it's also the names of the angels. What is the role of an angel? to be a courier, to be a messenger, to be a, 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 a um, transmitter between heaven and earth, to be the bridge, a link between heaven and earth. And what is a bridge? A bridge is, by definition, if it's a bridge, it touches both sides. If it's only touching one, it ain't a bridge, it's a plank. If it touches, like walking the plank. If, it, if it's a bridge, it's gotta touch both masses of land or both spaces. So what is the bridge between heaven and earth? 
It's the angels that take our prayers up and bring the blessings down from God. It's all God, but they're the couriers. Packets of information going up and down. What bridges? Heaven and earth. It's Kale. It's the 31. So you have heaven is 17. Earth is 14. Together, the angels are in the middle. Make sense? Yes? Ish? Okay. So, let's continue. Oh, I think I'm going to skip this. I'm going to reference it very quickly. I don't want this to be confusing. Well, maybe we're already past that point. But I don't want this specific piece to be too confusing. Um, okay, let me just do this quickly. God's four-letter name, Yud Kei Vav Kei, right? Which is spelled Yud, and then Hey, and then Vav, and then Hey. See, I said and then in between so that I didn't do it in proximity. So that way it's kosher if I said a hey instead of a K. Um, so Yud followed by hey, followed by Vav, followed by hey. Remember we had the Milui method, which is the, fill, the filled method? The filled method means that you take a look at the letter and then you fill in the missing letters that comprise the letter as you pronounce it. Like Yud is just one letter, but when you write it out, it's actually three letters. Yeah? Okay. But how do you spell a letter? Who decides? Who decides how you spell, let's say, the letter hey? Is it hey yud? Is it hey aleph? Is it hey hey? How do you spell hey? And he, I'm saying Hebrew, like if you'd spell out the letter hey, who, how do you know how to spell it? It's like, for example, in English, let's do it in English. If you were to spell the word hey in English, let's see how many ways you could do it. H-A-Y, H-A-I, H, huh? H-E-I. H. Huh? H E Y. H E Y. There's like five methods so far that we have in spelling the, the English word hey. I'm not saying correctly, I'm just saying by sound. Same thing would be, oh, H I G H. Oh, H A I G H. I'm getting so much help here. H E I G H. H E I G H. Hey. Yeah. So there's so many different ways in which we could, you know, spell it. The same is true in Hebrew, and basically, I'm going to give you the short version because it's, it's very complex. The short version is, there are four different ways to spell out the letters of God's four-letter name. I know it's only four letters, but each letter sounds like something, and if you spell out all those, not all those letters in different ways, you either get 72, or 63, or 45, or 52. And this becomes four different combinations, four different dimensions of God's four-letter name, Havaya. In Kabbalah, it's called Havaya. That way you can at least pronounce it without sounding like, I can't pronounce it. So Havaya is a, just so you know, this word in English, Havaya, is the way Kabbalah reorders the letters. If you take the letters of God's name and you reorder them, you put them in a different order, so it's not God's name, but at least you can pronounce it, and that's a reference to God's name. So there are four forms of Havaya. The way it's spelled out, which equally there's 72, 63, 45, or 52, which corresponds, which correspond precisely to the four dimensions of reality as explored in Kabbalah. And these are, look at that, the power of the next slide. Um, 72 is the, is the formula, the name formula of God that corresponds to the highest world of Atsilot, the world of emanation, or the power of Chachma. 63 is the world of Bria, creation, or Bina. 45 is the world, is the world of Yitzira, formation, or Zerampin, the six Midot. 52 is Asiya, the world of action, or Malchut, the lowest of the 10th Sphero. Now, if you understood what I said, that means that you've, 
said it a lot of Kabbalah. If you didn't understand what I said, it's probably because you're not familiar with these terms, which is fine. The point is that there are four different dimensions of reality. In human terms, it would be kind of like your physical experience, your emotional experience, your psychological experience, and your spiritual experience. Like at, at any given moment, you're relating to something on one or all four of the levels, right? Like you're physically doing something, but you're feeling something about it, you're thinking something about it, and spiritually your soul is having another experience. I'm not saying they're all different, but there are four levels of experience. I'll give you another example. Maybe this is the most concrete example, the one that I like to use uh, you know, on a practical level with these four ideas. A relationship. Yeah, a relationship. Two people get to know each other and now they, there's a connection. On what level? Is it physical? Is it emotional? Is it intellectual? Is it spiritual? Is it all of the above? Is it two of the above? Three of the above? The bottom line is there are dimensions of our reality, dimensions of, therefore, compatibility, but different dimensions of reality, spiritual, intellectual, emotional, and physical. Well, these roughly correspond to these four dimensions. That's Silot, the world of emanation, is spiritual, Bria is creation, which is intellectual, Yitzir is formation, which is emotional, and Asiya is, is action, which is physical or practical. So these four, going back a slide, these four permutations, four forms of spelling out God's name, spelling out the letters of God's name, which equal the different numbers in Kabbalah are understood to refer to four, the four worlds or four dimensions of all reality. When you add them together, because we wouldn't stop with four levels, we would then add them all together. 72 plus 63 plus 45 plus 52 equals 232, which happens to also be the numerology of the words, ye he are, let there be light. When God says the first creation on day one, God said, let there be light and there was light, ye he are, let there be light. This is signifying the first emergence of existence, the first emergence of God's will, of God's wishes in creation. And this begins the process of the whole architecture of the universe. With the words, E-E-R, let there be light, the universe comes into focus and comes into being on all four levels. It only makes sense then that when you add together the four dimensions of God's name as they, as it, they imprint on the four dimensions, it, all, it equals the very first utterance of God to create the universe and this very architecture. Hope that made sense. I, I was actually considering skipping it because it's pretty complex. If you got it, great. If not, then maybe you got the fact that there's something kind of deep about this numerology, and that's also okay. Now, let's talk about the shape method. I alluded to this before, but I want to really get into it now for just a moment. We only have a few minutes left. We have three minutes left. Let's do this very quickly. So Aleph, I mentioned this before. If you look at the letter Aleph, you could even look at it here in the font. This act, the font actually works. If you... Um, separate the, uh, the parts of the Aleph. There are three parts of the Aleph. There's the top right little thing, there's the bottom left thing, and then there's the line in the middle. So if you, if you break, if you, if you like explode them out, you'll get a Yud, a Yud, and a, and a Vav. That's kind of right, a little, a little segment, a little segment, and a longer segment. So Yud, Yud, Vav. The numerology of that is Yud is 10, uh, Vav is 6, 10, 10 is 20, plus 6 is 26. Well, wouldn't you know it? God's name, Yud Ke Vav Ke, Havaya, as Kabbalah says, as I explained to you before. Yud is 10, He is 5, 15, plus Vav is 6, 21, plus He is 5, it's 26. You know what that means? That means that Aleph, which is 1, and oneness 
is this ultimately is 26, which is the same as God's name. Havaya, God's name, Yurkei Vavkei, is one. God is one. When we say Shema Yisrael, right? The Shema. Havaya Elokeinu. Havaya is Elokeinu. Havaya is Elokeinu. And then we say Havaya Echad. Hashem is one. It's this letter, it's this name of God that we say God is one. In the Shema, when we say God is one, it's this, this name right here. And we say it's one. It's not one, it's 26. But 26 is Aleph. Are you with me? And how they reverse back? Aleph is one, but it's really 26, and that's Havai. So Havai is one, Havai is Aleph. Okay, next. Uh, I'm not going to be able to do this. Okay. It's too complex. It's going to take too much time. It's awesome. <laughs> I, what, can I, what can I say? I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what this does. We're not going to do it. I'll tell you what, it, what it's about. It's taking the name for a human being, Adam. By the way, just to be very clear, Adam is usually translated as Adam. And Adam is usually a male, like a, 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 a man, a human, like a, a ma masculine. In, in Hebrew, Adam also means human. Like the first human being is Adam. But the first human being was comprised of both male and female before God separated the two out. So Adam is really the general word for human being, just as an aside. What this numerology does, and I have a few slides. I have one, two, three, no, that's it. I have three slides on this. So very complicated and complex uh, numerology here. In short, what this shows is how the three letters of, of human, Adam, tell us about the composite of the human being and the purpose of, 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 of human beings. Adam has an Aleph, right? Right there, an Aleph, and then Dam. Aleph is one, and it signifies the soul that comes from one. Dam means blood. It's also 44. It's a composite of Ava'im, father and mother. So there's a part of us, of the human being, that comes from one, the Aleph. I'm going to Sesame Street you. We're going to Sesame Street this. Remember? Ah, dumb. Ah, dumb. Remember how you learned how to read in Sesame Street? If you saw, ever saw that, right? It's like the letters are like crawling through each other. There's the ah, the Aleph, and then the dumb. Ah, dumb. So we're, we're keeping them split. Ah is the soul, which comes from one, from God. And it's reflected in the numerology, which, which we don't have time to, to process. And the dam, which means blood, is the flesh and blood, is the physical part of the human being. And what is life? What is life all about? Life is all about blending together. Life, human life is a blend, a mixture of a spark of God, the soul, with flesh and blood, with the human body. We have a soul and we have a body. And they work together. They're meant to work together in harmony. They're meant to work together, at least, in concert with each other. That our body does what our soul has been entrusted by God to do. And when we do that, we fulfill our purpose. The purpose of life is to bring together, like Sesame Street, Ah and Dam into one unit, Adam. So that we're doing physically what our soul wants us to do, what God wants us to do. And, and they're all informing each other. The soul informs the body, the body informs the soul, and it works together as a single unit. 
There's much more when you get into the numerology of it. What I just did is I gave you the drush. I gave you the sermon. That's after the numerology. I gave you the takeaway. But it's all there in the numbers. And if you want, you can look at it. Um, very quickly, mind you, because I'm about to close the PowerPoint. And, uh, and thank you all for coming tonight. Anyway, but this is it. Yeah, Adam, Dam. Okay, so let's close it out. So tonight what we did, here's what we did in, uh, in summation. What we did tonight is we learned a total of five additional methods of numerology, which took us to a sum total of eight. And we saw how each one is its own universe and yet can work with the other. And then we saw how by blending methods together, we can arrive at beautiful teachings, beautiful Jewish teachings. That makes sense of some of the greatest mysteries. Like, why are we here? What's the purpose of creation? How do I find God in the, in the, in the ordinary? Or, um, uh, and other, and what's, uh, what's the purpose of a human being specifically? And how do we all work together? All right, so that, these and more ideas are captured and expressed and, and, and hinted in the numerology. Look, the numerology is complex and it works in incredible ways. And the more you learn, the more you see, the more you're just amazed at this intricate, intricate system that we call Gamatra. I hope you enjoyed tonight. Join me next week, same bat time, same bat channel, for the grand finale, where we close out our numerology course. If you thought the first two sessions were like, I hope, mind expanding, right? Hopefully, like, mind expanding and like, like a new picture on a lot of things. Just wait till session three when things go really wild. All right, any, I'm, I'm, I'll be here for another few minutes. Feel free to ask questions. But before we all go, um, I want to just mention that Thursday night, we're having an epic event, a historic event with Dr. Edith Eager, who is a Holocaust survivor. She survived Auschwitz. She was known, she's known as the ballerina of Auschwitz. She, she danced for uh, Mengele, the angel of death. Um, she is a clinical psychologist who lives in California. She's the author of, a, of an internationally uh, best-selling book called The Choice, and she has incredible insight on both, she's gonna share a story, and also incredible insight in how a person can choose to recover from challenge, from trauma, and, uh, and, and, and choose, choose the light instead of the darkness, which I think is a very important theme. For all of us, on whatever level, we're at right now, we're all dealing with, with challenges uh, to w one extent or another, and, and this is gonna be a very powerful event and a very historic opportunity to, to hear her live in conversation. I will be interviewing her. So join us Thursday night, 7 p.m. It's on our website, intownjewishacademy.org. Uh, look for the Ballerina of Auschwitz for the, uh, the event information, and please join us. All right, any questions before we close out tonight's session? Feel free. Just one quick question, please. Yes. Uh, could you possibly send us the, um, uh, like the slides, copies of the slides? I'm gonna send you, instead of the slides, because it's, it's probably too bulky, I'll send you, I have a, I have a, um, like, a sh like a sheet, like a three-page sheet with all of these, with all of yeah, these, that's um, good. yeah. That's good. I can send that out, Thank yeah. You. Sure, pleasure. Thank you, Thank you and I'm sorry that I couldn't, I couldn't get uh, at eight. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Much. I'm glad you caught it. Oh, and by the way, I should mention that if anybody wants to look at the video afterwards or listen to the audio, the, uh, the, video, is, um, the video will be made available to participants. Um, it's, uh, it's an unlisted uh, link on YouTube, but I can, I can send you the link. Maybe I'll send that an email. You know what, I'll send that an email with the handout and also the link to all three classes that we've had. Oh, sorry, 
all two classes that we have had so far. And, uh, and you can watch it or listen to it and, and at your leisure and review it again because it is complicated and it's numbers and it's, but it's, it all follows a formula. So once you have the mechanics, it's, uh, it's fairly straightforward. But yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to share that. And thanks for joining. Um, all right, any other questions? Oh, Linda asked a question about Tanya Thursday night. I don't believe we're having Tanya tonight, uh, Thursday night, because it's going to go past um, 8 o'clock, very likely, until probably about 8.30, uh, the event Thursday night. Um, any other questions, comments? I'm scanning the room. Rabbi Hari, this was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. more nights, yeah. Listen, look, you can't, you know, we got to create some anticipation also. No, I'm kidding. Listen, if, maybe we'll do a part two if, if we get a, uh, you know, maybe we'll do like numerology 2.0. You know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll take it easy. We'll take, not take it easy. We'll take it slowly. But also, take it easy. Enjoy. We'll see you all soon. Have a good night. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Thank you, everybody. Thank for you. Thank you so Great much. Great to see you all. All right. Take care. Thank Bye, you. all.